Carolyn Edwards wrote, any definitions of the teacher's role can never be accepted once and for all, but instead constantly undergoes revision as circumstances, parents and children change, and as more comes to be understood about the fundamental processes of teaching and learning. Questions about what teachers can and should do can never be finally answered, but rather must keep returning to the starting problem. What kinds of teachers are needed by our children, those real individuals in the classrooms of today? Join us as Dr. Nama Zoran returns and answers listeners' questions. She guides us in elevating our interactions and offerings to children, and as always, helps us become Awakened to Reggio. Today, world-renowned developmental psychologist, educational consultant, and member of the Reggio Children International Network, Dr. Nama Zoran, has returned and she will help us correct some misconceptions and misunderstandings about the Reggio approach. She and I have thought about a few big ideas from our experiences and based on listener questions for which Nama wants to create more clarity and open up new thinking. Welcome back, Nama. Hi, Sandy. I was looking forward to our meeting. I always love when you're here. And, And I know that today you would like to open up and sort of give us a little bit of a framework for the kinds of questions that we're going to be thinking about. I thought for today to share a beautiful point of view from Reggio Emilia about the concept of learning and the meaning of learning. And I think it will give us a beautiful space to talk about some questions that people have. For example, is there a difference between the word invitation and provocation? What does it mean to use the concept of languages when we are talking about experiences, processes, etc. And I think, Sandy, you could also add some questions later. I would say that later we would really love if, if people will send you some thoughts and further questions so we will know how to continue further. And they can go on the Facebook page for this podcast and add their questions and you and I will both see them. Wonderful. So my launching point is the big question that every educator asks uh, himself or herself, which is the meaning of learning. What does it mean for me? I could be a teacher in an infant order center, preschool or elementary school and up. What does it mean for me to really meet children in places of learning? In a recent webinar that I was participating with in Reggio Emilia, when the question of of the meaning of learning came up, the presenter said that for them, first and foremost, the system of birth to six years old is not a preparation system. And this comes from the place of understanding that Different children learn in different ways and in different places. And they see themselves, the educators in Reggio Emilia, they see themselves as creating learning environments within which they propose different kinds of themes, uh, materials, ideas, thoughts. And uh, the children are interacting with 
those environments. So I think that for us, this is a crucial point because the main thing is not the skill that I would like the child to acquire. It is more about in which learning environment a child needs to be in order for him or for her to open themselves to different kinds of learning. Part of the learning would be acquiring skills. So I, 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 I think, Sandy, that this is really a focus point. When you speak about the kinds of learning and just the word learning in itself, I think that there are a lot of misunderstandings just about how do we know when true learning exists? What what does it look like? There, there are many examples that I've seen where people collect answers from children about different questions that they're asking, and that's the end, versus how do we really look for those processes of learning and, and pay close enough attention that we're, we're knowing what to offer the children next? So here you bring back what you and I love to talk about, which is uh, the documentation, because as you say, just to ask a question and get few or many responses, this is not the place that Malaguti was looking for. Malaguti was focused on what could we create out of the thoughts and the responses that children are, get, are giving us and giving to each other because he wanted the learning process to be a never-ending place. Usually I'm, when I'm talking uh, with uh, teachers and they, they documented the conversation, you could see in the conversation that uh, you have a list of all the children that talked, whether they responded to the question of the teacher or a comment that a child said to the comment of a friend, but you do not see the voice of the teacher. We hardly see uh, the places where the teacher has chosen to come in and create a small conversation. Like um, Nama, I saw that you just said something to Sandy. Sandy, what did you hear when Nama gave you this idea? Or what do you feel? So these are the places where the learning will happen because just to give an answer, it's more like showing where I am, but it doesn't take me to the next place. So the documentation that we are, you know, when we are working with teachers that we are developing is to be for the teacher in two places. In one place, you're holding a compass and you create a path within a certain theme or topic that is going on. Simultaneously, you need to be open to what you are hearing and to create the links that will show children that each of them in every moment could give something to the other, like from what they know, what they understand, what they feel, what they want. I often am asking educators what feels important in their classroom. As an example, somebody said to me, well, in our class, we're studying penguins. And they said, well, we offered some toys that were penguins. The children really love them. 
And so then we started bringing oil and water activities where the water doesn't stick to penguin uh, feathers and that sort of thing. So it took, they started with something that they felt had some potential, and then they kind of turned it into a more thematic traditional lesson. And if you hate this example, we can try something. No, it's it's a wonderful example. (laughs) Okay. Because it's a metaphor to everything. (laughs) Let's say I heard a few children talking in the class about they saw a movie about penguins or they went somewhere and to the museum and they saw something. Okay. So in itself, I could I could say to myself, this could become something that uh, we, we could learn different things about. Then I need to sit as a teacher with my co first by, with myself, but you know, with my colleague. And we need to ask ourselves, we heard an interest. When we think about it, we find interesting things around it. Now, what is the meaning of the learning that will happen? Could I connect it to other things? Maybe to nature, because we have, in two months, we have something about nature. Maybe it could be something that goes with social dynamics, how, how penguin, penguins live, you know, as a community, whatever. I need to find an anchor. It's not enough just to sit on two sentences the children said in the morning meeting. Yesterday I saw a movie or I went to the museum. This is an important point because we talked in our previous talks that to go after interest of children, this is not a core point in the approach. First of all, we are going with the interest of children, not after. And what I'm adding today is that I really need to understand the extra value of the concept, the topic that I'm approaching now. And this is why before, in Reggio Emilia, before they start to give even one experience to children in a, in a certain area, they themselves really take time to understand the meaning of the topic and how it would connect to other things so it won't be like an isolated uh, piece. It could be very nice, very cute, very, 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 but uh, with a very short lifespan. And this is, I think, what we need to add in our understanding about the approach. It doesn't end with specific elements that are connected to a specific area or material. This kind of connects to another big idea that I hear people using this word provocations quite a bit, but I'm I'm fairly certain that there are a lot of misunderstandings around the word provocations. And I think this connects really well to any kind of process that we're entering with the children. Could you talk a little bit about this idea of provocation? We caught the word we put it like in a pedestal and she, it is sitting over there. 
It's a word that sounds very, you know, like special. Important and fancy. Important. <laughs> like, are they even using this word a lot in Reggio Emilia? They, they, this is what she said all the time. We are proposing. Because for them, the proposal, it's not the proposal that is important. What is important is how the children would react. Every word has a meaning. And when we say to provoke, it might mean that uh, without that, the child will not have inside him the curiosity, the wish, the desire to go to the area where we have uh, prepared some things. And in my mind, with my history, with the approach, the child is competent, period. In Reggio Emilia, they talk about offering. The environment offers possibilities. It is our role to see what kind of possibilities the children were connected to. This is like, it takes us back to what Malaguzzi said, working with children is one-third certainty and two-third uncertainty because... When they arrange an area, they, they have assumptions and hypotheses about what might happen. They do not come to the place with, I want that. One, two, three will happen. I think this is a, a major, major difference in the frame of thinking. They are not interested in knowing in advance that you'll take the blue and I'll take the yellow. No, this would be very, very, very disappointing for them. If they saw that I'm always taking the, the yellow and you are taking always the blue, the offering that they will give us will be connected to that observation and they will elaborate it, add to it, maybe take the yellow. So you'll, you'll ask where is the yellow and this will take you to another place. So this is like the, the focal point. When we are offering an environment, the main thing that guides us is to be close to where the children are at. I know my class, I know the differences, I know the commonalities. So I create different places that I know that different children would find themselves in different places. So it's not, okay, today I created three tables and they are the same. Okay, if you did that, okay, this is a kind of offering, but now we need to talk. What led you to offer three tables that, has, that have the same? And of course, to show that it is connected to the image of the child. So she said that we, we would offer in our environment different things that are close to the ZPD of our children, a zone of proximal development. And the child, each child will meet the places from their own place. That would enable every child to choose and to be engaged with what interests them or 
what they feel that uh, really speaks to them today or connected to something that happened yesterday, etc. This goes very well with the questions that we are seeing about materials. It, it goes back to the thinking that we need to do before we are offering. So that takes away the coming in the morning and at 8.50 and talking together what we will put now. Could you give us an example? Winter is, uh, is showing itself. And uh, every, every year, uh, I have time to talk about winter. Let's say that this year I want it to be different. First of all, I ask myself, what kind of concept, value, idea, the winter has something that I haven't really touched in the past. I'm taking you back to the thinking before we even come to school and know that today they will color the clouds. Now, it could be the winter as only one season out of four. This in itself is a, is a wonderful thing to, to research and has like many, many things. It has, okay, for all the people that want all the characteristics of winter and all of that, it has the characteristic of that season, but also its relations to what uh, comes after, after it or before then it could go to relationships with nature, like million things. So first of all, I have something that I need to do. It's part of the year. It's part of our school culture. It's part. I'm putting aside all the things that already I know about it. And I could open my closet and I have everything from last year. And I ask myself, okay, what would be the extra value? This is, this is so crucial because this will make the difference. It will make the difference between, okay, clouds, songs. Bringing all white materials. Exactly. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> now, when I found, let's say, the extra value, I need to ask myself, okay, where do I want to enter from? Do I want to enter from something that I did last year and it was really good and I feel it's, it's wonderful for a beginning? Do I want first to take them outside? So a lot of thinking about what kind of learning environment will be developed. So what I'm saying, the theme is not isolated from the environment within which it would uh, live, L-I-V-E. And many, many times, Sandy, we see a separation. It's like the environment, the theme, and okay, maybe there is a bridge. Sometimes they're talking about rain and the rain hasn't come yet. It's hard to research something that doesn't exist in, in our lives at all. So, so this is like one piece thinking ahead, finding the extra value, and thinking about how do I want the environment to look like? 
the, the learning environment. Then, let's say I've started with something. It could be anything that I that I love, that I want. From that moment on, everything will be determined by my ability to listen to the children. That's it. You're beginning from any point that you think would be important, but then you don't know where where it might go. Not only that I do not know, Malaguzzi had a sentence, I, I'm using it a lot, that anything that we plan, anything, anything that we plan, small, big, is an entity without life until it meets the children. Oof. This sentence I heard many years ago, and it's like a compass. This is why, again, the documentation comes in, because my listening is dependent on what I will document. Because, yes, 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 I remember what they said in the morning. No, we do not remember, because the morning is full with million things. When we have let's say the schedule of the of the conversation we could really see it's like a landscape where children talked with each other and made comments sometimes the comment really meets what the other child said sometimes it opens a different thing and it shows me when i'm putting myself in that stream because usually we we keep ourselves outside but when we are inside, we could really see when did we listen. And when we jumped to another thing because it was like maybe more convenient or we felt that it will take us faster to where we want to be. So this is why I'm saying that if we really want the learning to occur and a process, it is the listening that will guide it. It's about everything, a small thing, a big thing, social, science, it is everywhere. Because now, because we are not documenting, we are jumping. I'll give you an example. A teacher is working with children, she gave clay. And at first, every child got rather small, still, a piece of clay. Again, if I enter, and I sit with them now, if I enter from a place of a learner and a colleague, I will, I will document because I want to see how they interact with the material. Do they, do they share with each other? Okay, million things. So it came to a point that a child wanted to create like a small figure of, of human being. And the problem was that the piece that she gave was rather small. So this is again the idea of what does it mean to offer a material? If I give clay, I need to ask myself, why would I give it tomorrow morning? What do I want? If I say, I want to see where the children will take it, I cannot give this uh, tiny thing. Because if I'm giving this tiny piece, then 
I told them, look, the possibilities are very narrow. The problem is that when a child holds, not just a child, a person holds the material, the mind starts working. And you cannot stop the mind, thank God, from working. So then she understood that she needs to give more. These are the places that are really important. It's usually 90% of the time, she will just give the child another piece or would ask a friend, could you give her that, 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 that. But what we, are, we want with the thinking of the Reggio approach is that I will ask you, Sandy, you're asking for a more uh, clay. Now the, the teacher will refer to the group. Let's let's uh, let's listen to Sandy because she has an idea and she needs more clay. So you see what I mean? What does it mean to offer? It's not just uh, who could give Sandy a piece of clay. No, 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 no. To use the fact that someone needs clay and turn it into a group thing where they will ask her questions and they will say, she will say, I want to create a doll. And they will say, but uh, you don't have enough clay. So the teacher, what do you think? How would we know how much she needs? Like really to take the moment and open it instead of just solving it, yeah. which is what we see. Could Sandy, could you give Nama a little bit? Okay, yes. Oh, yeah. Sandy, you are wonderful. Yeah. You are wonderful. But <laughs> but in that in that moment, I I closed the the learning window. It's it's really that we're trying to get to the questions, not just to get through the questions that that arise. And and not just to think that we are solvers all the time. We need to solve. Who wants to give this? Who wants? This makes me think a lot about some of the questions that we're hearing about materials and 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 really the way that we are offering those materials. Often I hear things like, well, I put out the papers and just I wanted to see what they would do with them. And that was sort of the end point. I'm thinking about how we offer materials really has within it like a bias, uh, limitations, possibilities, all of that exists within just how we offer something. Could you talk a little bit about this idea of how, of, of the value of using materials, using it, thinking about them as languages? So this is a wonderful place uh, and it connects to what we have spoken about earlier. Let's say I decided to offer something that up until now I didn't have in my class, a new material. Let's say that it is a material that I think that the children have, haven't seen yet. So then with everything that I've said before, I need to, to sit and think, okay, I'm offering a new thing that I, I feel that it would be new to everybody in the group. Now I, I'm doing a, like self-work and then I'll talk to you, my colleague. This is before we are giving it. It's very important to understand that there are stages before we are giving the material. 
we are sharing thoughts. For example, we have children that when a new thing come to class, they need more time. We have children that they are like open to everything. They are children. Okay, so with that knowledge and with, I really want to give this material because it will take us further with construction or with this or with that. I'm bringing it to a class, to the class. So that phrase that you said before, I'll change it just in one word. It's not I'm giving it to see what they will do with it. Today, the first day, I just want to see how they meet the material. It's not about the doing. The child could sit and look at it for half an hour and he will research it with his eyes. So it's not, oh, you're not participating. Maybe you want to, to, to take a little, no. Now, this sentence is important, but it's not about the doing, it's about the meeting. What kind of meeting will happen? And I need to document and to write to myself, who helped a friend, who asked the question, who just sat and worked, you know, by himself or herself, all of those things. And then, of course, in a group, you'll have children that immediately would act upon it. Others would look and one child could say, I do not want to be here. I want to go to another place. It's also okay. By the end of the day, I need to sit with, you, with myself and with my colleague and, and say, okay, some of the things that I thought happened, some of the things didn't happen. This is like the reflection because you cannot, as Malaguti said, you cannot enter the following day if you do not know the, the previous day. So how would I know what to do with that area or table? How would I know what to do with it for tomorrow if I'm not sitting and thinking about it? So I, I think we, what we are putting today in our conversation is the understanding that what happens in the class depends on all the processes that I'm doing as a learner. If I'm not interested in learning about what is happening in the morning, it doesn't matter what, what I'll buy or put on the table because I'm not giving myself a time and place to really learn where are you? What do you need? Where is your imagination going? And this is why sometimes teachers come to us and say, wow, I bought it. It's very expensive. Two days. And they don't even go to that place. <laughs> now we will have the answer to respond. Well, if, if they are not coming, there is something that we ha haven't learned about the meeting that they had. Because it's not just about experience with a material. It's really a vehicle exactly. to understand the children in a deeper way. Exactly. And this is why it's easy to say different, yeah, I have different languages in my class, 
easy to say, but to really have a language, you need to go through the process of learning the language. One of our listeners, and I do hear this kind of thing a lot, that what the children create in Reggio Emilia is so incredibly beautiful and high level. This listener's question essentially is, are they putting too much of the teacher into it? Or are they directing the children so much that it takes the creativity away? No, <laughs> on the contrary, on the contrary. I will never forget the moment where I visited an infant toddler center during the morning. A teacher worked with infants with clay. I'm talking about very, very young children. She shared with me that the teachers, they, they when they, they talked about like giving the, the clay, because in Reggio they give the clay like from infancy. For, for that specific day, they wanted to, to think about the clay as a paper. So they had the, a very big wooden piece on which they put a piece of clay that was like thin, like a paper. And they said, we would like to see what image, listen to the question, what image the child will have about this material. I, I fainted at that morning, like at nine o'clock. I cannot even tell you, I couldn't breathe. And what, of course, she worked with one uh, infant. There were a few infants in, with her. And this was like the offering, like thin pieces of clay. We stayed, she stayed and I stayed with her, with the group. I'm telling you, Sandy, it was more than 45 minutes, 45 minutes. And the child, the way she really researched and little by little the hand had this, she's not writing, but the hand did some movements that later will be movements of writing. Sandy, I will never ever forget this morning because it had in it everything. The image of the child, competent researcher, learner. These are not titles in Radio Media. Giving a material the teacher entering with the material with a very deep thing. It's not just, okay, she will get this uh, tiny, and she will work a little bit. And the teacher didn't do anything with the clay. She didn't do anything. She did everything interacting with the girl, talking to her, like mirroring, uh, like the movements that she did. 45 minutes, the baby was around one year. This is what we need to learn, how to be in a place where I, I offer an interesting, intelligent place. And I believe that every child in my class could interact with that, of course, in different ways, 
And uh, by the way, you know the question of, um, well, could you do it everywhere and is it for everybody and we do not have the money and all of that? So it's for everybody. You could do it everywhere and it's not connected to money because it's more, how do we want to be there? Nala, you take us always so far beyond. And the the word that just keeps going through my mind as I'm looking back at the notes that I just took is meaning. The value of thinking about the meaning behind every moment and every meeting with a child. And I love being with you so much is just <laughs> such, a, such a, a pleasure and a blessing for me. I thank you so much for, for offering us this wisdom. I have about 40 more questions, so we'll do this again. Of course. Yes. <laughs> If you would like to know more about my wonderful guests or the Reggio approach, please go to my website at sandylanesconsulting.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.